بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to our podcast series Left or Right? The Straight Path, Please A podcast for Muslim women where we discuss ideas, ideologies, theories, practices basically everything that's going on in the contemporary world so that we can gain a better understanding and a way of navigating our way through whilst keeping our feet firmly planted on as-sirat al-mustaqim, the straight path, inshallah, in our journey through this dunya as Muslim women. My name is Um Abdullah and I welcome you to MISC Women, the Muslim Institute for Sacred Knowledge, where we study classical texts and contextual competency. This podcast, entitled Left or Right, The Straight Path, Please, has been based on a series of lectures presented locally and online to Muslim women, and those lectures came about after some discussions with friends about some of the issues going on in the world at the moment, and how are we as Muslims to understand and deal with those issues. And as well as that, how are we meant to use our deen and our beliefs to help us navigate our way through so that we get to be very, very contemporary, but at the same time know that it's our tradition that we're grounded in and that is actually guiding us and enabling us to make our way through some of these very challenging ideological, social, economic and political issues that we're dealing with. So that's how all this came about. And what we realized is that there are actually three elements to understanding the contemporary context, this contemporary world in which we live, and that we need to develop certain skills or something called a malaka in Arabic, which is a skill, which is an ability for us to be able to find our way through, to wade our way through some of these very heavy and difficult issues um, in a way that's firmly grounded in the Islamic scholarly tradition and in the Islamic worldview. For example, how are we meant to perceive certain social changes as they occur, which are clearly not halal in our tradition, but which have been very much thrust upon the entire society. So how are we meant to look at these issues, conceptualise what they are, and find a proper grounded way, a way that is guided to help us not only understand, but actually remain practising and on our deen with the requisite states of heart, such as patience and contentment and shukr and whatever is required for us to be internally and how do we actually manage to get around some of these issues intellectually and navigate intellectually and also navigate our way through in a practical way. Inshallah, that should be clear that what we are looking at here with our study in contextual competence is actually three separate but completely interrelated aspects. So that is understanding the context, the current world context that we're living in, developing a way, a skill to navigate our way through that context as Muslims, because as we know, our final return is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And our life here is for that very purpose of making sure, inshallah, that we get through this life in the best way possible. And of course, we will go into these things in much more detail uh, but I just want to outline the main concepts that we will be discussing in this series of podcasts, inshallah. And then the third is developing a proper paradigm, a proper 
worldview and interpretive framework which we apply to our context in order to come up with the skill for navigating our way through it. So inshallah, that's really what we'll be doing here, inshallah, is exploring all these aspects from many different angles and inshallah at the end coming out of it with a much better understanding and appreciation of our deen and the Islamic worldview and what it gives us and with the ability inshallah to think clearly through the Islamic paradigm um, which comes of course from the Islamic scholarly and spiritual tradition apply that in a proper way to all situations and then inshallah find a way, a better way to navigate our way through without falling off the straight path, without falling off to the paths on the left and to the paths on the right and to the paths all over the place, which are there calling us to take us away from our straight path and our true purpose, which is to be the humble worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to follow his Prophet wasalam, and to make it through inshallah according to the covenant, the the covenant that we took in the the realm prior to this dunya when we were all souls and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathered us and said, Alastu bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And all the souls said, Bala. They said, yes, you are our Lord. So that Allah has brought us into the dunya in order for us to fulfill our part of that covenant that our souls had made to him on that particular day in that moment eons ago. So it's from that perspective of seeking to fulfill our covenant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to live properly that we embark inshallah on this particular podcast series and explore those three elements together in the best way that we can. So inshallah I'm just going to introduce a little bit about each one before signing off and then inshallah we'll start in more detail in the next uh, podcast in this series, inshallah. Bismillah. So the first aspect that we're looking at is the context. So what are some of the characteristics of the contemporary world context? Well, it's very clear that the world we're living in is volatile and fast-changing and fraught with many complexities, ambiguities, conflicts, lies and uncertainties. So it's a time where things that were once stable where people could think, oh, if I just get a good education and a good job and then I can prepare myself for buying a house and having children, educating them, setting myself up with a good retirement fund and passing away with some peace and quiet towards the end of my life. So that could have been certainly in the 20th century the goal of many people and that goal has been fulfilled by many people and I'm talking specifically in a Western context here. However, that dream of life has very quickly crumbled, perhaps in the last 20 to 30 years. So we see that the things that were once, well, what we thought in, a, in the material world would have been from the thawabit, if you like, although we'll use that term again in another way, but things that were once stable and regular and that firmly grounded people in their direction in life um, have fast disappeared and are disappearing quicker than they were ever before. So with that comes a new set of conflicts, a new set of ambiguities, a new set of choices and perhaps freedoms that don't necessarily provide the freedom that people really think that they're looking for. So that's something to explore. 
It's a world of internal and external anxieties, illnesses, which we're going through right now, of course, competing views and voices, and most importantly for what we're exploring here, the pushing of ideologically driven agendas. So we have people on the left and we have people on the right and their ideologies are being manifested in all sorts of ways through politics and particularly, as for the left, through social and cultural change because that's what the conflict theories and the leftists are all about, which is bringing about change. A change, I might add, that they don't know the consequences of and that they seem to deal with as the changes occur and make up uh, responses as they go along. But the whole point there is to try and challenge, subvert and change. And, and those ideas are very deeply rooted in particular ideological paradigms. So there's an example of taking, uh, say, a Marxist ideological paradigm, applying it to a certain context and finding, as you go, a way of navigating through certain social and cultural issues through the application of that ideology or that paradigm. And so the thing is that what we're doing here is using that same methodology okay, of understanding a context, developing a, a paradigm and a framework for understanding it and applying it to the context so that we can best navigate our way through the challenges and the situations. Uh, however, of course, our paradigm that we're looking at is the Islamic worldview. Okay, so that's where we differ in a very, very specific and distinct way. So thirdly, we could say that we're in a world where many of the essential realities, and that's really the thawabit, the things that are essential and stable, and the foundations of individuals and societies are challenged, deconstructed and subverted. So what we're talking about there would perhaps be biological essential realities, such as male and female, and looking at ways in which those things are being challenged and are being framed within certain ideological perspectives by saying, no, they're not biological essentials, they're actually just social constructions. So being male or being female is something that is built and constructed for and by the individual as they adapt and acculturate into the certain society or culture that they were born into. Whereas the other view is to say that, no, there are essential biological realities about being male and female and that uh, these cannot be disputed or changed regardless of what a person may or may not do to their outer appearance. So we'll be going into that, inshallah. But these are characteristics of the contemporary world context at the moment. Also, we're in a world where obviously traditional and grounded religion and religious values are marginalised for modern, secular, atheistic ideas and more importantly, they're marginalised for a culture of instant gratification and mass consumerism. So that instant gratification through physical, also through ego gratification and the mass consumerism of anything and everything that's going. So basically, the key characteristic of the contemporary world is a world governed by the nafs, the nafsul amarati bisu, and it's a world that seems to be more and more lacking in wisdom 
and profoundly lacking in wisdom through our elected leaders, through people who we hold in esteem, our thinkers, our philosophers. Uh, There is less and less uh, universalism in the way that they are perceiving things and more and more agendas are coming through, uh, such as a scientific perspectives as opposed to scientific. Inshallah, we'll go into that difference. Philosophical, ideological and fame and fortune money orientated types of perspectives which are being thrust upon the world and put forward as universal truths. And they are universal truths to the extent that they emerge and come from and are maintained by the nafs, um, by the lower self, that's for sure. But what they are lacking in terms of universal truth is any type of grounded wisdom. That's a little bit of a summary of some of the things that uh, we need to understand about our contemporary world context. If we look at how this context has been understood and approached from Western philosophical and intellectual traditions, we'll see that there are two very clear and distinct pathways. We're looking not just at the current contemporary context, but obviously these pathways, the left and the right, have a very strong historical development, which inshallah we will also be exploring. And they very much mark the type of political and cultural and social landscape of Western countries. So our focus really is on Western countries, but of course a lot of this is influencing now all over the world from Asia, the Middle East, Africa. But what we're looking at here is the development of conservative or status quo, right-wing views and conflict theory views, which come from the left, from Marxism is where they have their roots. So what we're looking at here is... Basically, the status quo was called the status quo because that's really the origin of Western society and culture, which is in the Judeo-Christian tradition, which was dominated by the wealthy classes, the elites, aristocrats, uh, royal families. And of course, uh, that spread through colonialism and became the imposed uh, government and state of rule and also imposed, uh, it imposed a lot of uh, cultural and social changes to the colonised people and societies that they came to. So that's where the right comes from. It's the status quo, it's the, the basis of what we're looking at when we consider what's going on in our context. Now we need to know what happened with that particular way of being previously in history. And then the conflict theory views is obviously the left, as we've said, and that comes from revolutionary Marxism. So we look at Marxism in some detail, inshallah, and then we look at how this uh, this conflict theory, this revolutionary idea of Marx for the working class to rise up against the ruling classes uh, came to be a manner in which these, this set of ideas was applied to the status quo, was applied to the society at the time in order to navigate a new type of ontology, a new type of being for working class people and a new type of interacting with the forces of power as they were at the time and have continued to be perceived as such from the 19th century until now. So we will look at revolutionary Marxism, 
also modernism as it helped fuel that through the 20th century. We will look at the relationship between postmodernism and cultural Marxism. And then we will look at critical theory. And then we will look at some of the offshoots of critical theory, which include identity and gender politics. So feminism is one of our big topics, and that comes in there really from the end of the 19th century. And inshallah, we'll have a look also at some earlier 17th century uh, feminist literature and have a look at how feminism really developed, particularly through England and then in America uh, prior to the suffragette movement of the late 19th century. And inshallah, we will have a good look at the history there, at the four different waves of feminism, what characterises them, and uh, what divides them, and also see the relevance of feminism to Islam and Muslim women. And is there a relevance or not? Uh, is feminism something that we should be concerned with? Is there no feminism in Islam? Is there a patriarchy at all? And is there a patriarchy in Islam? And do we need to spend our time making alliances and becoming allies to or even being co-opted into feminist and gender movements as they appear in the West? Is this something that's really what Muslim women should be doing? So, inshallah, we aim to explore some of these questions. There are some of the ways uh, or the key ways in which people have looked at their context thought about the types of ideas that they could apply in order to try and navigate a way through for themselves in an altruistic way to try and improve their lot in life and the lot of others. However, as Muslims, we know that our worldview is shaped from the Quran, from the life and the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam and the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the great scholarly tradition that has emerged from that over the last 14 centuries. So we're at a time now where Muslims and religious people are coming under a lot of pressure to conform to secular and atheistic worldviews. And this is not new, of course. It's been going on for a long time. Some might even say that this has been the way of the believers from the very beginning in different parts of the world, on and off, of course, depending on the various ups and downs of history. But definitely since there's been a mass migration of Muslim people to Western countries, there's always a certain pressure to assimilate. Uh, however, what we do need to do and fine-tune and tweak for ourselves, whether we are of some hyphenated type of identity or whether we are converts or whether we are whatever we are, it doesn't matter, the thing is that there is a very strong case for all Muslims everywhere to really tweak and fine-tune and get clear about what is a proper Islamic worldview. What is the proper way to understand this global contemporary context that we're living in? And what is the proper way to understand how we're meant to live here from an Islamic perspective? So I think this is a general issue that faces everybody. And inshallah, we hope to explore that much further and much deeper in this podcast by basing our understanding of that in Surah Al-Fatiha 
and particularly in the overarching worldview of the straight path metaphor, Asiratul Mustaqim, because 17 times a day in our prayers we ask Allah, Ihdina Siratul Mustaqim. Oh Allah, guide us on the straight path. So what does that even mean? Do we know what that means? And do we even know what we're really asking for? And do we care? I mean, what, what's the priority level of that? Is that just to perform this ritualistic practice? Or is that something that's firmly and deeply rooted in our hearts and in our lived experiences? So inshallah, we will go into what is the straight path in Suratul Fatiha? What are the meanings of Suratul Fatiha? Firstly, from a tafsir perspective and also from a philosophical perspective. What does Suratul Fatiha teach us? And there are multiple branches of philosophy contained in Surat al-Fatiha. And in fact, basically everything we need to know is in Surat al-Fatiha. Why? Because it's the summary of the Qur'an. And the Qur'an is a summary of all the revealed books that have come before. So inshallah, our next podcast, we're going to start from this point, from developing and recalibrating for ourselves a proper Islamic worldview paradigm, framework, whatever word you want to call it really, although there's obviously some uh, strong similarities in meanings there. But inshallah, we want to adapt that for ourselves with a proper understanding so that we're able to apply that to our world context and develop for ourselves a proper method of navigating through this life, inshallah, so that we conclude it with a husnul khatima, with the best of endings, inshallah, and that we're prepared to meet our Lord, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, in the best state. So inshallah, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us on this journey as we go through developing some of these aspects and many of these aspects. And I hope inshallah that uh, we can benefit in the best way and that Allah uh, enables us and allows us to hear what is good and act on it and inshallah to leave what is not good and not act on it and uh, to guide us on the straight path inshallah wa sallallahu alayhi sayyidina muhammad wa alihi wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh